Hi, I'm Dr. Mila Brujic, and today I'm joined with Dr. Jimmy Diem, where we're going to be talking about whether or not private practice optometry is dead today on the OI Show. Dr. Jimmy Diem, first and foremost, thank you for being on this episode of the OI Show. Jimmy, share with the audience when you graduated when you first became an owner in the practice that you're owner in right now, and give us a two to three minute snippet history of how you went from where you are to now four, four practices or four locations. Yeah. So uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. As a fellow podcaster, I know it's not uh, always easy to uh, get folks on. And, uh, you know, as I sit here, I'm thinking to myself, and I got a lot of stuff to do, but I'm going to do this because I, uh, I, I know how hard it is and it's fun. It's, I enjoy it. And uh, it's always a lot of fun, you know, chit chat with people and, and kind of just uh, learning a little bit more about them. And I'm, I love listening to podcasts too. So, Amen. Uh, I, I think I we, I, I think we learn, I think we learn from uh, the conversations as well too, yeah, sometimes even definitely. more so than we do in a continuing education course. hundred percent. So I graduated in 2014 from PCO and um, I, I knew the whole time that I was there that, being a private practice owner was something that I wanted to do. Um, was was that something that was common, Jimmy, or were you one of like the outcasters at, in that time? Like most of your friends thought, nah, I don't want to join private practice or were most thinking, yeah, yeah I want to follow that same path. I think the, everybody, I think people say they do, but then our few are willing to, you know, take the risk to actually do it. Um, at least that's what I observed. I think, you know, there were, a number of people that went into private practice, maybe that had family, not that that's a bad thing, but I, you know, people that I know of that are, you know, in private practice and stick out my mind, I think 50% of them had family histories, uh, you know, and, and I care and join their parents. Um, and then, you know, others just, you know, got lucky. And I would say I'm one of those people. I got lucky. And I, um, you know, I was, I, I always say I was flirting with the, uh, doc that I did a rotation with and I swore I would not go back, back to this location because it happened to be in my hometown and I did not want to go back there. I actually was this close, very close to uh, buying a one lane office in the middle of nowhere, Vermont. I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but we, my wife and I, we went, I did a rotation in Vermont. I love Vermont. I love the outdoors. I love hiking. And uh, we, we went there, we uh, went and talked to a local bank. Uh, my wife is a physical therapist. She interviewed at the local medical center for a job. And we actually looked at a house. Uh, we were very close to doing it. And, uh, you know, I often think, you know, what would life have been like if I did go that way? And I'm sure things would have turned out fine. But, you know, I, I decided to, you know, go back to my hometown, join this office, a established office, a well-known doctor. His name is Dr. Tom Kislin good friend of, of all well, of ours. Well, and, and a great reputation professionally, uh, even yeah. outside of your office, Jimmy. Like, I mean, just a, just a great reputation, yeah. a great guy. He's a national speaker and, and a national thought leader, dry eye, certainly. And, and so, you know, having that background and really seeing, you know, how he had practiced and how he had built the practice and how you could practice was, you know, he had what I wanted, you know, and, and I'll, I'll not to downplay, um, residencies but i was thinking about a residency and 
you know, just at, at least for me at that point in my life, you know, and I try to do this myself. And that is, you know, if you have, if you want what I have, you'll do what I do, you know? And, uh, that was kind of what I saw with, with him. And I didn't see that necessarily with residency at that time. They didn't have what I wanted, you know, they weren't doing what I wanted to do or where I saw myself. Um, so Jimmy, so, how, how long after you started with the practice, did you officially become partners then? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was part of the discussion from day one, you know, I mean, I still remember sitting down, you know, at the office with, uh, Tom's wife, uh, who's also an optometrist, but hadn't been practicing for, let's say close to 10 years and my wife and just, you know, Hey, this is, this is where we're seeing ourselves. This is what we're doing. I think they knew, you know, I was serious about joining the practice and growing the practice and being a, a threat of the practice, you know, ongoing. And that was, I didn't want to waste time. You know, I wanted to be there and grow it and put my blood, sweat, and tears into something that I felt like was going to, you know, bear fruit. And so, you know, it was put into the contract right from day one that, you know, after every year I would have the right of first refusal. We would sit, we would discuss and um, be able to, you know, make an offer and, um, you know, that that offer would not be offered to anybody else. Um, and it was like a different time, you know, when I really think about it, that was, you know, again, 2014, nobody was talking about private equity at that point in time, thank God. Um, but that was day one, you know, and then probably three, four late years later, um, 2017, um, and throughout 2017 is really where we started that beginning was when we really said, you know, Hey, we're going to do this. And so in, in the middle of 2017 is when we became business partners. And, you know, what was interesting was, again, from 2014 to 2017, there really was no private equity discussion. 2017 is when that really Now, now Jimmy, did, did, did you guys, did you go in and were you guys 50-50 partners? Is that how that, that yeah. transition happened? Yeah, it's a good question. And, uh, you know, that's something we've kind of gone back and forth on or we went back and forth on. And so he wanted to maintain, you know, majority share. Um, so we were 50, 51, 49, which is actually how we still are. We are 51, 49 still to this point um, that he is a majority shareholder in the practice. At that point, it was like, you know what? I just want to get my foot in the door. I probably should have negotiated harder for that 1%. I tell them that all the time. <laughs> but, um, you know, the way that we have it written, the, the contractual uh, agreement, you know, he can't do certain things without my approval. And I can't do certain things, obviously, without his approval. So there's no way that he could, you know, just say, hey, tomorrow I'm selling the practice to private equity or to another partner. We can't, it has to be 100% agreed on. So while there is a difference and he is a majority shareholder, um, you know, it was made clear and he was okay with that, that, um, you know, we would be able to basically well, Jimmy, equal uh, as far you know, as decisions I, go. I think too, looking at your future, it may be the way that things transition as well too. So the next, as the practice continues to phase, you may take Tom's position and then the next younger individual may, may take your position. So understanding right. kind of the, I think, I think there is certain wisdom in seniority. And I think that, I think that a, a, a true 50, 50, although it makes total sense when everybody agrees on everything, if there is a disagreement, ultimately a decision has to be made somehow as well too. So right. I can understand right. that. So, so Jimmy, when did you guys, did you guys buy, did you buy into the practice with just one location or did you guys have multiples at that time? 
Uh, we had two. We had two locations at that time. Um, and then so when did you locations. incorporate yeah. the next two then? Because now you're up to four locations. Yeah. yeah so the next one was really um, 19, uh, 2019 into 2020. Um, great, 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 great time, Jimmy. Great, fantastic timing. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it, it ended up working out just fine. We, we made it We made it work because we were, you know, always, um, you know, available and we were always on call in emergencies and at local hospitals. And so I think it was actually to our benefit that it happened in that way. But um, and Jimmy, we, we did a cold start. You, 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 you ran a practice through the pandemic, three locations. If you could do that, everything else is like a piece of cake, relatively speaking, right? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I, I, it was a crazy time to be alive, right? So <laughs> it we, was. We made it. And wow. then you yeah. recently purchased the fourth location, correct? Right. Correct. Yep. That was just, I mean, this is very new. Uh, so it's only, a, it's like three months, three months mm-hmm. now. And we're not full time there because uh, we just didn't have the manpower just yet to really dedicate a doctor there 100% of the time. But um, it wasn't a five day a week, you know, eight to five practice anyway. So it, it's working out just fine. Um, yeah, Jimmy. Now, now the crux of this discussion is, is, I mean, is you are following a a phenomenal trajectory and a great path. I mean, you're a young guy. You're now a part owner of a four location optometric practice. Again, I know how you practice. I know the passion that you have for optometry. Um, are, are you, are you an exception to the rule and is, you know, practice ownership and optometry really something that's gone by the wayside and, and really not something that future generations of students and optometrists can be looking forward to? Or or is this, are you paving the way for really kind of the next generation and saying, yeah, if you want to own your own practice, this is something that's possible? Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. I think like in the first, my first five years of practice, I didn't hear many people asking me how to do it or how did I do it or what could you, you know, can you help me or do you have any ideas? Uh, It was very uncommon that I heard that. And I feel like over the last year now, I'm hearing it a lot more and I don't know if the pandemic had something to do with that or, you know, if private equity has something to do with that. I know I keep saying that, but I, I do think it's, challenging but you know certainly i see a lot of single docs you know little mom and pop type shops closing up and um no a lot of nobody's really taking their places um not seeing you know the same number of new places opening you know you're just not seeing that and so you know i i hate to say it but i think that you know there is a lot of challenges for private practice uh, optometry and that the, the market dynamics seem to be favoring groups, which, you know, hey, I'm an advocate for groups and not necessarily single offices, but even, you know, single ophthalmology groups and single, you know, private equity groups, uh, even over, you know, groups like yours and I, mine. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's lots of challenges, but I think the desire is out there. And I, I really, the more I think about it, the more I think, you know, boy, I need to figure out a way to help people do this and i feel like there there are programs out there i know vision source which we're not a part of does something um 
and other groups do as well. But there's just so much to it. There's the there's the real estate side. There's all the accounting. There's the business. There's the insurance. There's the practice management. There's a lot that is easy to get, um, uh, you know, fear uh, driven mentality as a result of. But um, you know, I don't think you know what I keep on coming back to is private equity wouldn't be buying up all these places if it wasn't a good business. You know. Jimmy, one thing I enjoy about you is you're never afraid to share a piece of your mind. We've been at a lot of meetings <laughs> together where, where, where you, you've certainly stirred the pot and, and more or less challenged people in a good way because you've asked the right questions. And I think that it's important to ask those questions. You know, there's, there's always, when we look at this platform, there's always a, a pros and cons to everything. Nothing's ever roses. And if anybody ever tells you it, everything's roses, they're lying. But I think practice ownership has pros and cons and you kind of need to weigh those and you need to ask yourself, for me personally, do the pros outweigh the cons? And if you were to like, what are the two biggest challenges that you feel are are as a practice owner? And then what are the two biggest opportunities or the two biggest advantages that you see as an owner? Yeah, I mean, I think especially with the two new practices, I've really been sort of in charge, if you will, of the staff and, you know, uh, starting and we had one manager like that really was great and, and helped us with the with two offices. And she's still sort of over all of the offices, but we really do need leadership, you know, in each one of those locations. And so I think as you grow, um, you know, having a leader that's there for you, um, whether that's another associate, whether that's a staff member, um, who's, who's got some, le- nobody's going to care as much as you, but you know, that has that level of, um, indebtedness to the practice and has skin in the game that, you know, you know, they're going to make the right decision for you, no matter what, um, finding and being able to tap that leader is always, has been a very big challenge for us. Um, Jimmy, what about- we had somebody. What about the advantages? Like, so, so those are, those are challenges and every organization has that, but now talk about the opportunity and the advantage. Like what, what makes you, what, what makes it tick for you to say, I'm passionate about business ownership in particular when it comes to optometry? You know, I, I just think there's nothing that beats it. I think there's absolutely nothing that beats it. I mean, I, I get told all the time, you know, well, you know, what, why are you so happy? You know, like, what, what do you, what do you, why are you so chipper? You know, you know, I can tell you don't work at all because you just because you enjoy what I do. And it's because I am able to make decisions that I believe are best for the practice, best for the patient, best for my community. Um, and uh, those aren't things that are dictated to me. They're things that, you know, I believe are truly the best. And, you know, Tom and I share a very similar perspective. And so I think it's just autonomy, you know, and um, I'm on my way to a lecture right now in New Hampshire and I'm able to do that because I can do that. <laughs> if I want to do that, I can mix it up and be able to, to do those things. And, um, you know, now have, you know, we have, we just hired three more docs for our two, for another location. So we have nine total doctors of optometry between our four locations. And, um, you know, I'm going to be able to do things if I want inside the practice, outside the practice in optometry, outside of optometry. Uh, because I have that autonomy, Jimmy, you, you are you are an awesome guy, and uh, <laughs> optometry is optometry is fortunate to have you again. Um, 
we most of us wish we had a sliver of your uh, passion and your energy, and we we thank you for it. And thank thank you for being a guest on our show today, Jimmy. I know you're a busy guy, and you making time to be on this show means a lot. Appreciate it. And uh, thank you all for joining us for this episode of the OI Show. Mm-hmm.